Have you ever wanted to go back in time? Maybe to a special time period? An era? You ever thought it sure would be cool to grow up in the industrial age? Or maybe just go visit? Maybe see what it was like during the Great Depression? What if we lived every day realizing that we are in the middle of the greatest era in world history? And just like we look back and see other eras that we wish we could go visit, 50 or 100 years from now, people are going to look back and say, I wish I could have been alive then. That is how much this next era is going to change the world. So here's the big question. How do everyday people like us who didn't grow up wealthy and were not taught how to be wealthy in school, how are we supposed to learn to think, invest, and grow wealth like the top 1% without compromising our ethics and our values? My name is Jeremy Whaley. That was my big question. This podcast will give you the answers. You're listening to Think Rich Radio. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Think Rich Radio. It's great to have you with me. I'm your host, Jeremy Whaley, and I'm so honored that you'd be here to join me for another great episode, what I think is going to be a great episode. I'm really excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Before we get there, I want to say a big thank you to those of you who've been listening and who've been sharing the podcast. We're already getting quite a bit of organic shares and Things are are moving quickly, which is fantastic and super encouraging. I've just got some amazing messages from you guys. I want to remind you, if you haven't subscribed on iTunes or in one of the directories where you can get automatic updates, uh, please go over to the Apple Store, go to iTunes, get yourself subscribed, and then you know, just show up on your phone every time I post a new episode for you here. Also, I want to encourage you to tell your friends, tell your family, tell your neighbors, uh, let them know what's going on, because I truly think we are on the cusp of changing the world with the way that we think about money, the way that we think about income, all of it. We're at an exciting turn point, turning point, exciting crossroads, if you will, in world history. We're at an exciting crossroads in financial intelligence. There's just so many wonderful things that are happening right now. It's a great time to be alive. And really, that's a great segue into the guts of the show. I've titled today's show, The Age of Contribution. And by the time we're done, I think you're going to understand why. I think we are alive. I think we're living at the greatest time in history. It's hard to say for sure, but uh, it seems like it's that way. We've got some of the most advanced technology. Things are advancing very, very quickly. And yet still, you know, I have these moments where I look back in time and I think, man, it sure would be cool to go visit that time period. The Gilded Era is one of those time periods, the age right after the Civil War in U.S. history when we had all this industrialization that was happening and We had the automobile coming into fruition, and we had just, it was such an exceptionally unique period in U.S. history and in world history, and it was really the coming of age of our country, uh, the country that I live in, at least, and of course, that just flowed over. It spilled over the borders and eventually went around the world. It's just an amazing time period, and that's a time that I would love to go back in history and just re-experience, but I'm sure if I could be there... You know, right now, looking back in time, it seems really awesome. It'd be like, wow, I could could go experience that. But I bet if I was there, I wouldn't be too happy because they didn't have nearly the amazing amenities that we have today. They were still uh, basically getting around with horse and buggy. They, 
yeah, they had the railroads, they had steam engines, but uh, they didn't have any of the, the amazing transportation that we have today. They didn't have telephones. Most people didn't have any variation of indoor plumbing. I mean, they were still using the little bedpans, basically. And when you think about where we were just really a little over 100 years ago and where we are today, most people today could never, we could never survive that era. And yet at that time, they thought they were living in the greatest, most advanced civilization, because they were at the time, and we are today. But here's the unique and amazing thing. As we look into the future, generations following this one, 50, 100 years in the future, are going to look back and say, man, wouldn't it be cool if I could have been alive at that time? At that time in history, when we were changing the world, when they were changing the world, when all these amazing technologies were coming on board, when the conversation around finances was changing, when the conversation around how the workforce engaged in the world, how all these things were changing, wouldn't it be cool to be alive then? And guess what, folks? You are, we are alive right now at the greatest time in history. It's hard to think about the mundane day-to-day experiences that we go through as world-changing. And I'm sure a hundred years ago, people did not realize how much they were changing the world. And yet they were, and yet we are. We are changing the world. And I would suggest to you that, you know, about every 15 to 20 years, we move into a different era. After the Gilded Era in the United States, we went through a season that we know as the Progressive Era. And that lasted for you know, about 20 to 25 years until we got into the the Great Depression and ultimately the World War II era. And then we got into that whole post-war era. And, you know, each one of these generations is about a 20 to 30 year season of history. And in those moments, sometimes they seem a little bit more magnified whenever you look back and you see what happened during that time period. About 20 years ago, we entered a new age We entered an era that we called the information age. And if you look back 30 years ago, what we now know is the information age, what we now know is the internet, the ability for anybody in their own home to, you know, generate a podcast like I'm doing right now, or to sit down at their computer and create their own publishing company via blogs and via the internet, the ability to go online and instead of having to wade through all these encyclopedias. You can just type in a few words, and we have the world's most powerful search engines that are searching through literally hundreds of millions of billions of web pages to provide you with the best results. That's the information age, folks. It changed the world. The internet changed the world. The information age changed the world. And we are getting into the next era right now as we speak, 2019, 2020, 2021. The world is changing again. And we are now at the beginning of the next era, the next age. And I personally believe it's going to be the greatest ever. this the age of contribution. I probably am the only person that's used that term. I I could be wrong. I don't know, but I think I came up with that on my own. I have no idea if it will be adopted by world history, but I'm calling it the age of contribution. And the reason is because business is changing. The world is changing. The internet changed everything. And if we don't catch up to it, then we're going to miss the next big era. 
because here's what has changed. If you go back to the industrial age, the workforce was going from the farmland into the city. The entire premise of the Rockefeller education system, the one that most of us resent somewhat today, well, at that time, it was unbelievably valuable because you had all these uneducated people who were working in the farms and they were working in the plantations and you know the various places where they didn't have a first or second grade education. Most of these people couldn't read, they couldn't write. They just simply got up and they worked and they worked and they went to bed and they got up and they worked and they did the whole thing over and over again. That was life. For Rockefeller and the people that he worked with to imagine an operation where we could take five-year-olds and six-year-olds and seven-year-olds and start teaching them to read and write, and over a 12-year period of time, they grow up to become educated so that they could then go back into this new industry that was being developed. That was unbelievably visionary, unbelievably valuable, and it served that era in history at an unbelievably high level. But here we are 100 years later, and that model is now antiquated. We live in an age today where people can go on YouTube and learn more in an afternoon than many of us learned in an entire semester of college. Okay, that's pretty crazy. But that's the power of the information age, and that's the age that we are now leaving as we move into the next age. In terms of business, we can look back and we can say that it was really important for workers' rights and you know all these things that evolved out of the industrial age. But the truth is, they didn't know what they were doing. They were they were feeling it out. I mean, these visionaries that created the industries that we know and you know have built our economies and our society on they they didn't know what they were doing. They were figuring out management. They were figuring out the hierarchy of how a business and an operation should work. They were figuring out what should be fair for the workers and for the employees. And, you know, as we move through the ages, as we've moved through the last hundred plus years, all of those things have evolved. But the one thing that didn't evolve, at least not until now, is this idea that you go to school, you get an education, and now you're guaranteed a job. And once you have this job, you're going to stay there and you're going to work in that career probably for the rest of your life, and then you're going to retire happy. See, that was probably practical 100 years ago, but today and in the future, it's not practical because 100 years ago, you weren't competing with the world. 100 years ago, you were competing with your city. People would move from the country into the town. They would get the education, and they're just competing with a few people around town. But today, everything has changed. Today, we're competing with the entire nation, And then we move outside of the nation, we're competing with the entire world. Instead of competing with just a few million people, we're competing with 7 billion people on the planet. And that means everything is changing, which means we have to change. As we think about wealth and we think about being rich and we think about accumulation of finances, we usually think about business. And there are terms that have been associated to money. For example, filthy rich, dirty money. Where do these terms come from? And it comes from this 
this perception, whether it's real or not, that, but there's a perception that people who run the industry, people who own the businesses, they get their successes through ill means. And I'm sure that there's many who have done that. I'm not giving a, a free pass to everybody, but I also know as a business owner that most of us started off just trying to support our families, just trying to earn money. And before you know it, we're running a business. Everything's starting to change, though. Uh, today, the statistics and the studies have shown that at least 70% or more of the workforce would work for less money in exchange for more fulfillment. In other words, people are more interested in happiness and joy than they are providing for their family. Not that they don't want to provide, they expect to provide. That's an expectation now, but people are wanting to take it to another level. And so we're starting to see culture change, not just in the education system, but we're starting to see cultures changing in terms of the expectations once we're out of school. What should a business provide? The reason I'm calling this the age of contribution is because modern businesses, particularly businesses that are built and thrive on the internet, these businesses are focused on solving problems in a meaningful way. They realize that it's not necessarily the best business with the best product at the best price that wins. In fact, people will oftentimes pay more than is necessary because they're buying into the business. They're buying into the messaging of the business. What internet companies have discovered over the last five or six years in particular is that businesses should be life-giving. We should be solving problems for people. We should be elevating the standard of living, not necessarily by easing their pain, but by helping people move in the direction that they're wanting to go. We're upgrading work environments. We're finding that you know, people are buying into the relationship with the company. You know, we went for all those years and, you know, big box stores became basically, you know, just uh, an experience. It, it wasn't a good experience. It was just, you know, you had low level employees and they would tell you where to go and people just kind of started shopping on their own. Well, that's starting to change as people are building relationships through the Internet now with the companies that they're involved with. Artificial intelligence, automation, all of these things are taking over the mundane work. And what we're left with is we're left with a higher calling. We're left with the opportunity to build relationships and solve people's pain at an unbelievably high level. And like I've already said, it's not necessarily about being the best, it's about being the most unique for your customer which means everybody listening to this podcast and everybody around the world has something unique to offer because each of us are unique individuals, which means there's somebody and there's probably groups of somebody that we can connect with and that we can meaningfully contribute to their lives. Sally Hogshead has a great book called Fascinate. I would encourage all of you to maybe order it on Amazon, take a look at it. But she makes the argument that better is not better. Being more exceptional in your business is not better today because everybody's exceptional. Everybody's raised the standards. Everybody provides a good product. That's just the expectation. You know, 50 years ago, it was maybe about which product is more robust, but today it's about which one is more unique. 
In her book, Fascinate, Sally Hogshead talks about how each of us have parts of our personality that are fascinating to the rest of the world. We may not see them as fascinating, but the rest of the world sees us that way. And if you can identify how you fascinate the world, that's your unique opportunity. Your unique selling opportunity is your uniqueness that, in many cases, is the thing you're the most embarrassed and the most ashamed of. That's what makes you quirky. That's what makes you special. That's what makes you unique. And when you discover your uniqueness, there's your opportunity to contribute. And then you start contributing. You didn't have to be better. You just have to be you. That's why I say this is the greatest time in world history, because people are going to look back at this time, this season right now, starting in 2017, 18, 19, 2020, this period that we are living in, that we are starting right now, people are going to look back at it and say that was the time period where artificial intelligence took over the mundane and humanity raised their entire collective consciousness to a new level And they started contributing to people in incredibly meaningful ways that were unique. We got rid of this cookie cutter idea that you go to school, you get the same degree as 100,000 other people, and you go enter the same job as 100,000 other people, and you're trying to get to the top of that field. We get rid of that whole philosophy because now the marketplace is global. Now we're competing with 7 billion people instead of just a few hundred million people. Now... We're just needing to carve out our niche and become special to those people, which means in reality, not only is it easier to build a business today, it's better to build a business today because you no longer have to pave the way. You can build the greatest business in the world just being who you are. That's why this age is so special. Since the beginning of the industrial age, our culture has been focused on how do we turn humans into machines. Our culture has been focused on how do we take individuals, take their uniqueness away from them, and turn them into machines that can produce the same product over and over and over again. We see it in every industry from factory workers to journalists to musicians. Every industry has fallen into this trap. For me, I I came of age as a musician. And I moved into this industry, which was a very established industry. It was very cookie cutter. And if you wanted to be a musician and you wanted to be an artist, there's a certain way you produce an album. There's a certain way that you you program the, the song list and everything. It, it was very cookie cutter. And then about the time the internet came along, it broke. Because digital downloads showed up. Napster showed up. And to this day, the record industry, the recording industry has yet to recover. That's been for 20 years. This is a foreshadowing of what's about to happen for the rest of the world. Artificial intelligence is here. It's not on its way. It is here. And it is only going to get better, which means the robots of the future are robots, not people. That means we no longer need to be training people to be robots. Now we need to remind people that what really matters is human to human interaction. It's not about doing the things that we were conditioned and programmed to do. It's about doing the things that we were created to do. The age of contribution 
is the greatest age in world history, and we are entering into it right now. And I believe it is the greatest age because I think over the next 15 to 20 years, humanity is going to discover its uniqueness again. We're going to be reminded that each of us has a very important role to play. Each of us is extraordinary. Each of us is created as an individual who is unlike anybody else. There's no numbers in humanity. There's only people. You are one of those people. You have something unique to offer. You have something special to offer. And over the next 20 years, you have the greatest opportunity ever to make your mark on the age of contribution. I believe the next 20 years is going to make more millionaires, multimillionaires, and billionaires than any other era. And the best part is people are going to be rewarded just for being who they are. Welcome to the new age. everybody, would you like to experience seven breakthroughs that changed my life? If you would, I've put them together for you in a series of videos, and it's available on my website at jeremywhaley.com. jeremywhaley.com. And all you need to do is put your email in there, and I will send you these seven videos about breakthroughs, seven breakthroughs that have changed my life. I think they'll change your life as well. So go check it out over at jeremywhaley.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe on iTunes or on Stitcher or wherever. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, be sure to subscribe so you can get every episode directly in your iPhone or whatever listening device it is that you are using. Thanks again for being here and I'll see you next time.